Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Guys, that's about the that's about the most churchy thing we do here. Right there. Yeah. And uh you know, you know, one of the things that uh that we that we love is just doing life together. Amen. You know, it's kind of, we just kind of live uh, to 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 do life together. And uh, what uh, what brought us and connected our lives with uh, with these guys is the fact that hey, we're just doing life. We're just doing life. And uh, you know, our, our passion our passion is to prove to the world. You know, there's just a couple of things we want to do. Uh, we we want to prove to the world number one that church doesn't have to suck. Okay, number one. Uh, we want to prove that, uh, that it's not difficult to demonstrate Satan's defeat, right? I, I just love living. I, I love humiliating hell every day of my life. That's my mission in life. And, and uh, we want to make it hard to go to hell in Tri-Cities. We just want to reach the lost. And, and uh, uh, you know, uh, you know this, this coming week we'll have more food. You know, we're probably going to feed 175, 200 families right here on the property uh, you know, as we partner with Second Harvest, we, we want to make a difference. We want to impact lives. And that's, that's one of the things that, that connected us uh, to Pastor Bill Shear from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and you know, uh, it, it's, our, it's our honor tonight to get to uh, let this man of God speak into the house and into your lives. And, uh, you know, and he's going to take a few minutes, you know, and just a little bit, you know, hey, you know, relax. We're going to we're going to get to the ice cream. You're going to get your hot dog. We're going to bouncy houses and we're going to we're going to have a party. OK, but uh, uh, but leading up to that, this is the part for me. This is the part. This is better than the ice cream. And you know how much I like the ice cream. OK, uh, uh, but this this guy and his heart and his passion, I don't know how many lives have been changed. I know that tens of thousands of people go through the nightmare just in the month of October and give their lives to Jesus. I know that, uh, that they had a uh, uh, outreach in Tulsa. It was the biggest day of giving in the history of Tulsa. They, you know, the, uh, and, and it was all flowing from it. And I love that about their house. But uh, you, know, you know what I love the most? is that I get the opportunity just to do life with this guy. And as, as God just continues to grow our relationship, it just thrills me because I just like doing life with real people, real, real people. You know, I, I don't like the, you know, the fake people, pretenders. You know, and the thing that's awesome to me, and, you know, I, I don't let too many people in our pulpit. You know, I just don't. Uh, because you have to be exactly the same here uh, as you are out there. And, you know, today we, we rode our bikes and went to, you know, to Hermeson, had lunch. And, and, and you know what? This brother he, out there on the street, he's exactly who he's going to be in, in this room tonight. And I, I, just, I just want you to get ready, you know, kind of buckle up, Beatrice, and let, let the man of God speak into your life. Let him change you, okay? Uh, you, may, you may not be... Uh, you know, you, you may not be planning to ever attend another service here. Uh, we, we want you to know how glad we are that you are here tonight. Amen. Yeah, we're glad. We're glad everybody's here. But I know, I know that the word that, uh, uh, that this guy is going to share, it, that it can change every single one of us. And that's what we want. We want your life to be better because we believe in you. And we know that God's called you and equipped you, and, and, and he's, gonna let, he's just going to use you to win. 
So it, would you do me a favor? Would you just welcome to the platform tonight Bill Shear, uh, great friend, pastor. So glad you're here, man. Thank you, brother. No, it's a pleasure. I don't, is this on? Okay, good. I'm on? How's that? Man, isn't it great to be here? It really, it's an, it, and it truly is, it's an honor for me. Uh, it's, it's a little bit awkward because this is an intimate moment for this church. Um, just, just to be here for Stephen's ordination is worth, worth the trip. Um, but, but this time here, I, I'm well aware in what I do, um, the, the price, the, the personal toll that it, it takes on, on the leadership, on, and I'm, I'm talking about your pastors, um, that the lead team that was up here, the key people that are, that are in this room, that you, you woke up in the middle of the night thinking about something that happened to ha- ha- happened to, needed to happen in this building. And I know that, that, that price, and this is, this is essentially your opening weekend, and you get one of them, and it's a big deal. So my heart's full. I've got so much that, that I want to that, that I just want to cut loose, and, but there's a specific word, I believe, that, that is going to help you, and it, it's, I think it's going to work for, for this church family, but I know it's going to work for your family, so you can receive it. The Bible says the Word is alive, and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, and when you think about that, you think about the first time that the, the, the Bible talks about the, the spoken Word, and it was God saying, let there be light. And you know that word light, that's not just illumination. That's not, not just something for us to read by or to be able to see things or for us to be able to drive. That, that word light is the earliest form in, in the Hebrew language of the word Messiah. So what God was saying was before, before Adam and Eve messed the whole thing up, before, before anything had happened on the earth, what God said was, let there be light. Let there be Messiah. Let there be, listen, the promise. And that's what the Bible is. And that's what this place is. This is a place of promise. See, when you give and, and you tithe and you, you serve here, it's not to an institution or an organization. It's to change lives. That's what, that's what we're all in this for. I know what happened in my life. I know what the, the, the I, I tried to stiff arm God for so long. And then finally, I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus and he made himself real to me. And what are you going to do then? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, but I tried to fight it off and I, as much as I could, but then I, I finally just got to a place where it's like, okay, that's it. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I, came, I didn't know how to do it other than going to church. See, the, the, you're going to hear people that are going to say church isn't that big a deal or it's not about the building. Well, th- you're not going to hear me say that. And this building is precious to God, and I'll tell you why. There's people in this community that have no hope. And you know what? Maybe this building stands for that hope in their lives. Maybe they can think, you know what? And you never know. Let me tell you, church disgusted me. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But then you know what? When I needed Jesus, I went to church. Man, now I've given my life to it. I I, I know how invaluable the local church is in God's heart. You know, there's, there's two things that God truly ordained and commissioned, and that's what all this was, was fruit of that, that ordination that God, God ordained. First was, was marriage, and the second was the church. And that's God's heart, but they're both built the same way. 
It's family. It's covenant. It's more than commitment. It's covenant. Man, my wife Sandy, I'm in covenant with Sandy. So that means anything she asks, the answer is yes. Because I know, no, listen, I trust her. She's not going to ask me to do something that I would ever, that, that in my right mind would say no to. Man, I'm in covenant with the fields. Man, I saw those three boys up here kicking the service off. And let me just tell you something. Man, if this was my rodeo, I'd have those three guys up here every week. You know why? It represents family. It's what people are looking for. These are boys that have been fathered. These are boys that have been raised. These are boys that, and see, and, and, and someone's spoken, and, and don't, but you think about all the fatherless people that you have within an arm's reach of you. See, but we can go through the motions. Man, we could have church, we could do church, or, or we can let the dogs out. Man, we can have fun with this. And see, I, the, the way I look at it, and, and really, I, I came to Jesus, and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I did it at a church that disgusted me. I went to Bible school because they told me I couldn't. I mean, I look at my life. Man, I pastor a church that, that, that well-meaning. I had a guy worth hundreds of millions of dollars take me to lunch. Well-known guy in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he said, I heard, I heard the vision that, that, you and, that you have for ministry, and I'm here to talk you out of it. And I thought, oh my gosh. He said, and, and it finally it culminated to this. Look, I, your wife's precious. She got a couple little kids and better men than you have tried to do it. Man, you need to think about something else. See, so, so now you look at you, you, my, my whole upbringing in ministry. It all, it all seemed to be dead ends. Man, I don't have the pedigree. I don't have the background. I don't have the education. I don't, I don't have the experience. Nothing that you need to do what I do do I have. See, so much of it for me was ready, fire, aim. So much of it for me was, well, let's just hit as hard as we can. Whoever yells the loudest wins the argument. There's, there's somehow, some way, we can grind this out. And you know what? In order to do this in this life, and, and I'm going to give you something to take notes on here tonight, okay? So write that in your notes. Number one, embrace the grind. That's what marriage is. That's what raising kids are. That's what growing a church is. That's what being a Christian is. See, we don't talk about the grind much. Remember those movies you used to be able to go to? Remember those songs you used to be able to dance to? Remember, remember those bars you used to be able to hang out in? And you know what? There's nobody in here telling you you can't do that now. There's just something on the inside of you that you can't do that anymore. There, there's just, it's like, wait a second, it's not who I am anymore. See, the thing I bought into, out of all of the things, all the dead ends that, that, I, that I seemingly had to face to get to where I am right now, there was one, I'm telling you, the door that God opened for me, and it was massive, even I couldn't miss it. I answered an altar call at a little Assembly of God church in Warrington, Missouri. None of my kind there. I had long hair and jeans and boots, and it was 1979, and no one dressed like that at church. But I'm standing right here at the, at the altar of this church, and the preacher stopped right in the middle of it. I'm hungover. I felt terrible. They let me out of this county jail at 5 o'clock in the morning. And here I am at 1045 standing in, the, in front of a church. And, now, and he said this. He looked out. And the whole thing disgusted me. I'm not kidding you. I just, I just confessed Jesus as Lord of my life. You know when you're supposed to be able to see all the, all the angelic hosts that are circling the room and, and the, the bright light and all the sparkles and the fairy dust in the air? None of that stuff happened for me. I'll tell you what happened for me. I'm standing there. I'm hungover. I've got cotton mouth. I, 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 I want to dry heave. And, and the preacher looks at me. He said, hey, look at me. And he pointed at me. And I'm thinking, Who you, you, can't, you don't do this. 
That's not, I'm not used to being treated this way. People pointing to me and being stern. He said, you're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. And you know what? Somehow, I bought it. Somehow, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I say somehow, because to this day, I have no idea how it, why it transformed my life the way it did. But see, now I know, I know how it did, because the word is that powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, look, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now listen, he said this, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Let me tell you, the sheer translation of that is, embrace the grind. I'm just telling you. Man, when you don't feel like it, you still do it. Man, you soldier up. Man, you step up as a man. You step up as a woman. Are you going to leave here the way you came in? No, for real. I, I'm telling you, man, we all want to be, we all want to be the cheerleaders right now and say, oh no, like, how is that going to happen? See, we're waiting for heaven. We're, there's so many people in the body of Christ that are still waiting for a bur- burning bush. I need my burning bush experience. I got, hey, I got news for you. It's not going to happen. God doesn't use bushes anymore. He uses people. I'm as close to that as you're going to get tonight. Okay, this is how this works. And see, and, and, and the dispensation that we're in right now is, is honoring. Listen, everything in our lives flows through this place. That's how valuable this building, that's the legacy. Let me just tell you who didn't want this to happen. The devil didn't want this to happen. Remember that they, they came to the seven sons of Stephen. The guy says, listen, they said, they said, hey, this Jesus whom Paul preaches, we cast you out. The devil said, hey. Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who the heck are you? I got news for you. The devil knows who you are now. I really do. You know what? Man, you're stuck at that old place. Yeah, you know what? You really can't change the world from there. See, and I'm telling you, I, just, I, I look at things and I think, of, I think of things this practically, sir. It's like, I look around now. Can we change the world from here? Because that's what, that's what you got on your signs, huh? Is that just a catchy thing to say? Is that just a slogan? Is that just kind of the door to, to nothing for your customer service that, that we can change the world from here? Or do you truly believe that you can? Because let me tell you what it's going to do. It's going to challenge religion. So, so and I, I hate to say this, it's going to challenge most of the church world. If you truly want to change the world, you have to challenge the church. Man, it's going to, man, there, there has to be, there has to be fruit. And you guys, you guys just were a part, whether you like it or not, because you were here, you were implicated in the ordination of Stephen Fields. And let me tell you, the reason I could buy in, the reason why it was easy for, for, for pastor to call me up on this stage and pray for him is why? Because the, the fruit of the spirits exhibited in his life. And I'm telling you much more than I, than mine, man, I look at it and I, and I, I look at these guys truly that are next these guys where it's like, you know what? Let's let the rain out a little bit. Let's see what he can do now. Let's see what God can do in who's next. And listen, don't, don't, don't get ahead of yourself. I'm not projecting him as a successor. I'm just telling you, there are, there are those coming. Let me tell you that are that 11th hour church. Man, why aren't you guys working? No one asks us. Come on, let's go to work. Man, and they, they went and they went back. They went at six. They went at nine. At eleven, the eleventh hour, 
They came to him and said, why are you still? They're just hanging out in the marketplace. Why aren't you working? We've, we've not been asked. Man, they sent those guys into the field. And you know, what, you know what the Bible says? That they sprinted, they ran into the field. Man, I don't see many lifetime preachers running into the field anymore. Man, the few that I do, I want to hook my wagon to them. But listen, these young guys, they're ready to run into the field. And you remember... When the, when the work day ended, they all came to get paid. Who got paid first? That 11th hour ministry. That 11th hour, that 11th, 11th hour labor force. See, we've got to really be careful with our hearts. This is a new building on new property. Kind of some new vision coming out here. And see, the, the progression for me is real simple. It's fresh vision that leads to strong leadership, that requires bold moves to build, to build great teams to change lives. See, it all ends up, everything in my life, everything, everything that I want to put my money into, everything that I want to put my heart into, my time and attention, my energy into, is change lives. How many of you guys have somebody that weighs heavy on your heart? Can I see your hands? There's, there, listen, You've got to go to the highways and the hedges and compel them in. You get them here tomorrow morning. It's not going to be the same message. This message is specific for tonight. But listen, and you'll say, well, but you know, I'm just believing God that they'll come in. Do you understand? I, I'm a faith guy. I'm a, I'm a man. God's grace is his power, his supernatural ability, his favor. And that's what I'm saved by. But let me just tell you, God's not going to do one thing that we could do. He's not. Man, some of you guys are going to, you think you're, you're believing God for something that you ought to be doing. And that's what the, that's what the, the whole crux, my word for you tonight is, is that there, you have marching orders, okay? And, and here's your marching orders tonight. Take a step. Leave where you were. And you'll go, well, it's only a foot. It's only two feet. It's only three feet away. What did Jesus say? How many guys, how many guys, how many guys would have loved, I'm, I'm telling you, I would have loved to have been Peter. Peter is, is out, he's cleaning and mending his nets. Jesus is walking by, notices Peter and his brothers tending to his dad's nets and boat. And what did he say? Jesus came and said, hey, follow me, I'll make your fishers of men. And Peter went with him. And Peter thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Man, just, he just said, follow me. Then they're walking by Matthew's office and he's standing on the porch at the, 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 the front steps of his office. And, and what did he say to Matthew? Jesus came and said, hey, come on, you come with us. Peter said, no. Heck no. Man, why? Because he was skimming. He was charging. It, it cost Peter more to fish than it cost the, the, because he was Jewish than it cost anything. Why? Because Matthew, the Jewish tax collector, would take a little bit for himself too. He said, no. And the next thing you know, Matthew's walking alongside him. But what did Jesus ask him to do? Here, walk with me. Here, follow me. And then it gets to the place, think about this, that Peter denied him three times in the marketplace, and the next time Peter saw Jesus. And what did he do? He, 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 he jumped in the water, and he swam to the shore. And he, he threw himself at Jesus' feet. And you don't have to get all Greek with me. I know there are different forms of the word love. But he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. He said, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Tend to my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Feed my lambs. It's all simple. It was all, listen, what we're doing right here and right now. 
See, there's something going on. There, there's something going on in the culture of this church. There's something in the atmosphere of, of, of this area. There's, there's something going on here. And you know what? We got, somebody's got, somebody has to just do, it's simple. Just do this right here. Just from where you were. It's a, God's not looking for a leap of faith. The devil's, the devil's going to try to try to get you to take a leap of faith. Oh, God's called me to Africa. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to sell my house. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to tie my wife up and put her in a trunk, and I'm going to Africa. That's a leap of faith. God doesn't do it that way. God does it this way right here. Steps of faith. The devil told Jesus, here, throw yourself down and see if God... No, you know what? That's a leap of faith. God's not asking you for a leap. God, God knows you. God... God <laughs> God knows how you can mess things up. And there's not a mess that you can make that he can't clean up. But you know what God's asking you tonight? Take a step. Take a step. Come a few minutes early. Man, maybe invite some people to church. Man, I'm just telling you, maybe ask somebody, man, is there anything I can do for you? And they may ask you for a hundred bucks and maybe you write them a check. Man, see, blind Bartimaeus crying out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Finally, they're saying, hey, would you, the ushers are trying to close. Say, why don't you be quiet? He's teaching. Why don't you hush? You're blind. You're crusty. Hush. The Bible said he cried out all the more. Finally, Jesus said, let him come to me. Fights his way to Jesus. It's gonna be, this is going to be super spiritual. Finally stands before Jesus. Here he is. He'd been blind forever. He's all, he's all dirty, he's crusty, his hair, his toenails. All the things that mess with me. <laughs> I thought something really funny. He stand in front of Jesus, and Jesus said, what can I do for you? For real? Uh, I'm blind, joker. He goes, that I might see. Jesus spit on the ground, made mud, took that mud and packed it in his eyes. What do you think's going through that blind guy's mind? This had happened to him before. There'd been 14-year-old boys doing it to him all his life. Messing with him, moving things in front of him. Here, sit down and pull in the stool. He'd been jacked with, trust me. And here's Jesus, spits on the ground, makes mud, packs it in his eyes. Says, now go to that fountain and wash your eyes out. Now listen. He fought his way to Jesus and he couldn't see because he was blind. He fought his way from Jesus. He couldn't see because he had mud in his eyes. See, God changed his perspective. God made him like me and you. Man, you put mud in my eyes, I gotta go wash my eyes out. He's fighting his way to Jesus. He can't see because he's blind. He's fighting his way. See, we're waiting for the fairy dust. God just wants to use people. God just wants to, listen, you, don't be spitting on people. 
unless they're bigger than you and they could teach you something. But listen, that's what's going to happen in this place. People are going to come in here and they're going to run in to incredible, discipled, man, here's what you have to be to be on this team. Man, you've got, you've got to be presentable. Man, some of you guys, man, if you bought some clothes like 25 years ago and they're still cool, cool to you, you've got to rethink this, okay? Trust me. And this is a guy, denim on denim. I'm back, I'm back in the 70s. But listen, you've got to be trained. And some of you guys are know-it-alls. And you know what? That scares me in the church. It really does. Man, don't... Uh, I don't know, have you guys been to the doctor lately? Man, I don't, want, I don't want to come in and have a heart issue and come to a doctor that is a know-it-all from 30 years ago. Man, there's so much that's happened in the last 30 years. It's almost putting heart surgeons out of business. I mean, they're coming now and they're saying, they're saying, yeah, we'll put a catheter in. If we got to put a stent in, we'll just put it in then. Like back in the day, it's like a doctor saying, yeah, we'll just stitch it up. Yeah, you got to cut. We either stitch it or we can put some butterfly tape on it or, or we can just glue it. Well, that, now, that, now that's how they talk about stints in, around your heart. But listen, that's what's happened to ministry now too. Man, the, the, the stuff that, man, we, why? Because, man, we're, we're, we're reaping in fields we haven't even sown in. Man, the generational aspect of church now, the generational aspect of ministry now, man, the, the, the fields are so overseeded, but you know what? Harvest never, never was picked. Nobody ever picked that up. Man, it's time for us to be those people that are those ele- that 11th hour church that we go to the fields. Man, who's God putting in your heart? This isn't about, this isn't about filling the room. Who's God putting? It? It's about changed lives. Who has God put in your heart? It's more important that you get your, your steak grilled correctly than someone's life being changed by what you know. It, 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 it. Man, there's people that the world has convinced them that they're irretrievable addicts. And you talk to my friend Joel from Tulsa here. He just had to change his habits. They were just some bad habits. Your body screams a little bit, goes into a little bit of detox. We call it addiction. What if it's just changing your thought life? Changing your habits? See, willpower isn't going to help people. People can't help themselves. No matter how much Oprah wants to convince them, they can. We need Jesus. We need, we need, let there be light. Let there be Messiah. At the end of the day, everything I have in my life that I value, everything, I can't think of one thing that didn't come to me. Everything in my life. And let me tell you something. I'm a builder, and I'm a hunter, and I'm a fella. Man, I want to go and, I want to go and, I want, to go, I want to go take that hill. Man, I want to start a church on every street corner. Man, I've, my switch is on go. But then I realized, wait a second. It's all come to me. My wife, my kids, my home, my vehicles, 
My Harley? Every Harley I've ever owned. I didn't have to go, I didn't have to go on the internet and find something. My friends? Joel ended up sitting, sitting next to me 10 years ago in, in a softball dugout in a beer league softball game. And he's sitting there, and I'm looking at this guy. I said, what's up? He said, not much. 168 days I get my license. Oh, good. What the heck could you be talking about? He's talking about his driver's license because every week it went down seven days. And then he got it. Then he got married. Then he had a baby. Then he had another baby. Now he does multi-million dollars in, in construction renovation in downtown Tulsa. He's the guy that everybody calls him. And you know what? He was sitting in church, and one of my buddies gave him a word and said, people will be giving you checks in the street. Now you'll say, well, oh, yeah, that, that, that doesn't happen to me. You know why it doesn't happen to you? You're not sitting in the front row. If he wasn't on the front row that day, that wouldn't have happened to him either. God's just looking for somebody to be handy. God's just looking, God's just looking for somebody to grab them up. God's just looking for those, these, these, these windows don't clean themselves. And let me just tell you something. Most of the world now is looking for a reason to disqualify church. We don't have to make it easy on them. Man, the dirty windows may disqualify them. Man, trash, trash in the lot may disqualify it. See, those things drive me crazy. I want to I make it hard for people to go to hell. And you know what? Man, if the property's pristine, they can't judge us. Man, let's let them judge our fruit. Let's let them judge the heart of God that's coming out of us. This is a new day. Every person in here, no matter how long you've been a Christian, how long you've been at this church, God's requiring you to do this. It's simple. And then maybe one of these. And then maybe this. Because, you know, did you bring your Bibles? Joshua, Joshua ended up getting to the promised land. Do you, do you know that? <laughs> okay. He had to fight 31 kingdoms. You got issues, right? How many of you guys have issues? You don't have 31 I'm telling you, there may be collectively 31 issues in the whole place. But here Joshua had to defeat 31 kings. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, that must have been, that, that must have been, man, that grind on him must have been terrible. No, look in your Bibles to Joshua 1, 3. Here's, here's, how, here's how Joshua, man, I'm telling you, the word God gave Joshua the words God, God's given you tonight is wherever you go, whatever you do, everywhere the tread of your soul lands, you possess it. Go take dominion. See, that's what this is about. I'm telling you what this property is about, what this building is about, what this ministry is about, is about taking over. What I want to do is I want to help build a church culture that's so much stronger than our society. Because I don't know about you guys, our society's broken. 
We're one to we're one to hire people. We're one to elect people that are going to fix Washington. I got news for you, okay? I'm not a doomsday guy. I'm not I'm not a I'm not much of a conspiracy theory guy, except for there's some that are fun. We're not going to fix America. What we have to do is take care of the church, and America will follow the church. See, because I'll I'll tell you how this works. If the church is strong, America's strong. If the church isn't, America's not. Do the math, boys and girls. It comes right. Judgment comes first here. And see, that's how we have to look at it. Man, we can't blame anybody else. We can't give anybody else responsibility. Man, there's three, there's three, three things. And then I'll close. God's requiring of you. Number one, take responsibility. Just take responsibility. <laughs> For some of you guys, this is a good one, huh? Make your bed. I read a report. Grown men that were raised to make their bed were overwhelmingly successful. Grown men who were raised not to worry about making their bed are in prison. (laughs) And other things. Take responsibility. Man, what what has God called you to? You know know what we'll say? We'll, We'll go all petty. And we'll go and say, well, no one appreciates me. How many of you guys ever feel like nobody appreciates you? And just to be honest, let's reach heathen honesty here, okay? Then we'll get to the gifts of spirit. Let's, let's first reach heathen honesty, then let's get to the gifts of spirit. How many of you guys feel, feel like you're unappreciated and, and you felt like that before? Let me see your hands. Okay, it should be everybody, okay? You can't appreciate people enough. Your time is worth a lot more. We can never repay it. So let's get over the unappreciative part of it because that's all the devil anyway. See, so now let's look at it. We have to take responsibility. Number two, you've got to get out front. You've got to run the race as one who wins. The world is not going to follow chumps. Write that down. The world's not going to follow people that are whining and complaining. The world is going to follow, listen, the world is going to follow people that don't care what happens in Washington. They're just running to win. See, what hit me is, you know when, when, when the market crashes and all these people lose money? Do you understand that money is not evaporating? Someone has, someone's gaining that money? <laughs> Do you know that? See, I just, think, I just think a lot of times, man, we're blinded from the truth because we're so arrogant and, we're, and, and, and it's ridiculous. See, we've got to look at this. We've got to be people that get out in front. And I just want to ask you guys, okay, are you just running hard? Are you running hard? Are you trying? It's that simple. I'm just telling you, I think of this often. I could run harder. I could do better at trying. I could be smarter at this. I really could. So number three is you're going to have to take the hit. It's just how it works. I can't find anyone in the word that did anything for God that didn't have to take the hit. You gotta take responsibility. That would be so novel in the world we live in today. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, if someone just got up and said, I did it. I did it. I deleted all those emails. I did it. I did it. I just felt like it. Some of them were embarrassing, so I just deleted them. There you have it. I think, I think that person would be very electable. I might even vote for them. They might. But no, they're... They're, they're, trying, they're, they're, acting like, they're acting like the question doesn't make any sense. We just have to take responsibility. Man, you, husbands, fathers, take responsibility in your home. Tell your wife and kids you're sorry every day. You're men. How many women are married to men? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they just, please forgive me, I'm a guy. Where are my socks again? Oh, the, the dog did poop on the stairs. That's the stair I skipped on the way down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me go get that, okay? Just take responsibility. Get out front. Someone else, it, 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 write this down. You guys ready? I'm giving you some note. Someone else isn't going to do it. You really you think someone else is going to do it? Someone else is not going to do it. If you don't do, you know, you'll hear people, there's nice preachers out there. I'm just not one. There's nice preachers that will say, if you don't do, Stephen, if you don't do, I think I told you this. I said, if you don't do what God's called you to do, God's going to have to find somebody else. How many of him are there? Yeah. There isn't another one. I believe if he doesn't do what God's called him to do, it's left undone. People suffer. People go to hell. See, it's a bummer. Just get out front. Man, take responsibility. Get out front and take the hit. It may require you to absorb a little pain. It may be painful. It may hurt your pride. You may have to, I, I don't know about you guys, but this whole humility thing drives me, I, I want to opt out on the humility thing. I have an opinion, but you know what? It, it may require me to load up on my pride to give my opinion. I know when I'm prideful. Every single time I express my opinion, how important it is what I have to say. And you know what? Here's Jesus teaching. I believe he had something important to say. Blind guys whacked. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus had to say, I never met you. I don't know what you're talking about. Son of David, they're trying to get me to shut up, but I'm not going. No, just tell him to come here. He's standing there, and Jesus didn't say, hey, can you just hold it for a minute? I got a lot of business I'm taking care of here. Do you understand how important I am? I'm his son, all right? This is, this is, I'm, only your, I'm, I'm your only shot to go to heaven. He didn't. You know what he did? He stopped everything. And you know what he said? What can I do for you? Man, I got this sinus deal. Man, all these, all these trees are budding and blooming. And man, it's just driving me crazy. He didn't say that. He said, look, I just want to see, man. And that's how the world is today. And you know what we've got to do? We've got to find a way to normalize this and just get some mud caked in their eyes so they just have to go to the fountain and clean it. And they'll be, you know what? And everything's fixed. And that's the, and I'm telling you, that's the magic of this gospel. That's how this truly works. Is what God does, he comes and lives in us. 
He comes and works through us. He comes and uses. Your hands aren't just points of contact. Your hands are the real deal. As he is on the earth, so are you. I'm telling you, you might not be Jesus, but you're the closest thing anybody's going to come to him. But see, you've got to get your hands on people. You've got you to you give people an opportunity to, that, man, all you're about is just loving them. All you're about is caring about them. Not trying to cut them off on the highway. Man, I got, our life's not our own. Someday I ought to just invite all you guys to Tulsa and go to the movie house with me. It's ridiculous. Hey, pastor, what are you going to see? Well, I think it's R. I'm hoping there's no pepperonis in it. I think there's a little language. I think it's violent. But I think it's a true story. What are you going to see? Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to go look. Hopefully something wholesome. Hopefully, Because our life's not our own. We're a living epistle read of all men. We're trying to keep some of the chapters out of play. <laughs> I got chapters in my life I do not want you reading. <laughs> I, got, I got stuff. I got, you're going you're, you're gonna to get two covers and like, a, and like an intro page. Everything else is going to be torn out. I'm like, hey, here's my life right here. You're like, hey, come on. Where's all the good stuff? But do you understand the world's craving that? Because the world's lost and without hope because they're damaged and they're guilty, and they're shamed, and we're acting like we're all freshly pressed, got everything together. Man, I'm telling you what, we've got issues, and you know how we, you know how we do it? Just like we got to help people, just like this. Here's how you get out of your issues. You leave them back there, and you walk away from them. That's what we need to help people do. That's what this place is. This gives us all a new start. We get to be who God's called us to be. We really do. And he's called us to be us. Carefully and uniquely made. We don't have to be anybody else. Man, I'm not going to get up here and try to shuck and jive and be young. I'm 57 years old. You know what I am now? I'm a caddy. I know the purpose of my life. I really do. Purpose of my life isn't to go out and create new opportunity for me. No. The purpose of my life is to help you fulfill the purpose on your life. That's it. And you know what? I'm going to live every single day and caddy for every man and woman of God that I can. Man, here, no, you, don't hit driver. Hit this three wood. Just put it in play. Set up for the next shot. And I'm telling you, it's because that's what I wish I would have had. Man, if I'd have had that in my life, I wouldn't, ha I wouldn't have all the scars and knots on my head. I wouldn't have the limp that I walk with. I wouldn't have so much of the issues. But you know what? Man, this is a new day. We're raising up new ministry here. It's going to be new music. It's going to be a new atmosphere and a new culture and stronger than the world can bring. I say we let them bring it. I really do. There's healing in our hands. There's salvation on our lips. God, we just love you and praise you. God, we thank you for...